candle has been lit, the nondescript candle that is, maybe patchouli, the Pazoo's has been opened. Welcome to the Horror Salon. I'm your co-host, Ann Demick. And I'm your co-host, The Witch. Welcome. Okay, so tonight is a a very special night for me, this particular podcast, because we're going to be talking about the one, the only, George A. Romero. Yes. So tonight's Pazoo's, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. However, I went on a massive hunt through the city to find Iron City Beer, which is the beer they drink in Dawn of the Dead, the best movie of all time, in my humble opinion. Yes. And alas, I could not find it. There was one place that had it, and then they just didn't have it anymore, not even any icy light. So seven or eight places later, I decided, okay, we'll go on theme. So tonight's Pazuzzi is brought to you by, well, us, but I I settled on Zombie Dust by Three Floyds Brewery. Uh, And apparently uh, the guy at the store said that this is uh, very commonly in the top 25 list of beers. So it's, yeah, it's got a very good following. Um, It's an undead pale ale. I like the description. It says this intensely hopped and gushing undead pale ale uh, will be one's only respite after the zombie apocalypse. I also love the can design with this like green skeleton king i'm i'm super into yeah it says uh created with our marvelous friends in the comic industry the art is by tim seeley and it is badass go tim seeley look Uh, at you go okay so here we go yeah i've never had this before which is very weird if it is on the top beer list not that i've had all the top beer let's be honest but but i've never even heard of it no all right so i'm excited i brought something new to the witch yeah Okay, here we go. Right. Let's let's give it a shot. Oh, that's a pale ale. That's a pale ale. <laughs> it's very pale. It's very pale. That's really good. That's <sighs> really good. I like the front end, but the back end is a little bitter for me. Yeah, it's yeah. But as it goes bitter. in, it's really smooth. It's smooth. It is. I don't know what to say other than it's just a nice, clean, crisp pale ale what you want when you're drinking that um i'm into it i'm gonna drink this whole thing and then you are maybe another yeah 6.2 percent yeah love Uh, that maybe i'll have three wild and then i'll uh carry the witch up the stairs yep i mean that's usually how we end i mean that's right so it's fine it's fine i got this (laughs) um okay so here we are george a romero um I'm going to preface all of this by saying I am by no means an expert. I just love him so much, and I love his work endlessly. Um, He died on July 16th, 2017, which was uh, a really sad day. Um, But the legacy he left behind is phenomenal and speaks for itself and will live on and on and on and on. So. He um, is the father of the zombie. Yeah. Uh, they call him the godfather of the modern zombie. Um, you like The Walking Dead? Uh, thank Romero. You mm-hmm. like World War Z? Thank Romero. Um, I can go on and on and on and on. Um, but he his, his original movie, Night of the Living Dead, is what basically brought that genre to life. Yeah, absolutely. 
So, and it's funny not to jump right in because no, I want you it. to go kind of it. steer the conversation since this is like your no, hero. Please, but please, please. It was funny because from all accounts I've read, he at first wasn't even sure the monster was a zombie. Mm-hmm. He was inspired by I Am Legend, right? Yeah. So it was really kind of a vampirish right figure in his mind but it just evolved into it this evolved, zombie yeah it evolved into this to this zombie um well but they didn't call them zombies they called them ghouls oh right um and the original title of night of the living dead was night of the flesh eaters Ooh. so um a couple things i'll say about about romero uh the filmmaker before we get into the movies is he was a prolific hollywood outsider um he got to make movies the way he wanted to make them because he was outside this Hollywood juggernaut. Um, oh, sure. <clears throat> and, I mean, for instance, Night of the Living Dead they made for just over $100,000. And that movie is in the Criterion Collection today and is a classic. So, Absolutely. You know, um, he was he was able to tell the stories he wanted to tell, which really resonated with people. It either scared the shit out of them, uh-huh. grossed them out... Easily. Easily, but it kept them wanting more. Yeah. Either way. And uh, the thing, uh, I, I had the, the absolute honor of meeting him around five times. And the way he always signs his autographs is stay scared. Oh, and that. George, we are. We still are scared. We are still scared. I can scared. attest because I watched the first three mm-hmm. in um, the, what is it now? Like it's six movies, right? So uh, there's like yeah. a, the original trilogy yeah. and then there were more recent yes. add-ons. Well, I recently watched the trilogy to prepare for this episode mm-hmm. and it is still scary to me. <laughs> yeah, they hold up. They hold up. They hold up. Um, he's basically what you would consider the gold standard in independent filmmaking. Um, I think I think Land of the Dead was his his only studio movie. And uh, when was like, that one like out? a major studio? Um, that was a recent one, yeah, right? Yeah, Land of the Dead was much more recent. It was uh, uh, 2005. Right, 2005. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, so the next thing to say about him, and I think this is something that makes his work so long-lasting, is he's the master of using horror as allegory. Mm, so yes. it's not just... Uh, blind violence it's not just violence for violence sake um and and basically he didn't love that sort of torture porn um uh, genre at all in fact he didn't even really love the walking dead he he basically thought it was a soap opera with a zombie thrown in once in a while right um i i know that's (laughs) that's controversial because i mean everybody loves walking dead but um but I kind of agree with him on that, that it became more about the people. And, it did. You know. It's a very much a show about the horror of humanity. Not that we're yeah. here to talk The Walking Dead right now. But yeah, right. it is but very it, much yeah. the horror of humanity. Yeah. Um, he said that he found a lot of purpose missing in modern stuff. Uh, but he always liked to use his zombie as a character for satire and political criticism. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there was a great New York Times article I, I read and he said that he always thought of the zombies as being about revolution. Mm. Um, one generation consuming the next. Um, and he went on to say that, his, that he considers his films a, or considered his films a snapshot um, of North America at, at a particular moment. 
Um, and it, it, he joked, he said that among the masters of horror, he has the Michael Moore slot. Because oh, his movies go. tend to be a little uh, politically, politically charged. charged. Yeah, and, and, and saying something. Absolutely. And that, I have that written down as well. Like, watching those three films now, you're like, oh, yeah, that is what they were going through. Mm-hmm. That makes a ton of sense. Looking yeah. back on that retrospectively, like, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm really fascinated by the third day of the dead (laughs) and that commentary on military we can dig into that maybe a little later but yeah whoa in your face whoa yeah well incidentally that after after many years that george came around to that being his favorite of the trilogy yeah um it wasn't i don't think it was quite as well received as the others because everybody wanted dawn of the dead and it was really not dawn of the dead um but i i still think it's the scariest of the original trilogy yeah um but anyway we can we'll talk about that when we get to it i guess but um but yeah so okay 1968 Mm -hmm. night of the living dead Mm -hmm. uh just a brief synopsis uh for those of you who haven't seen it Uh, a group of people barricade themselves in a farmhouse to protect themselves from a horde of undead uh, on the outside uh ghouls as they were called like you said they were not called zombies in the beginning um, it was met with shock because it was it was something that hadn't been seen before. Yeah. The gore and the horror of it all. Um, right, because you have to imagine they're coming off that classic monster universal where yeah. it was scary, but the gore was kind of off camera typically. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, and you know, the, yeah, the individual slasher or monster, but this wasn't one threat right this was an army of threats beating down your door yeah um so terrifying terrifying which is one of the reasons that it holds up today uh for me absolutely (laughs) uh that's scary um they only made 14 copies of the film to start and they did all their own promotion they basically built their own empire and um while George was driving a copy to New York City. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> he was driving it to New York City in, yeah, 1968. It came across the radio that Martin Luther King had been, mm-hmm. um, had been assassinated. So uh, in that moment, the power of the movie was ratcheted up even more because the lead character is an African-American. His name was Dwayne Jones. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Spoiler alert, I'm just going to go ahead yeah, and say the spoiler alert. He survives the night of ghouls, but then gets gunned down by a posse first thing in the morning. Yeah. So he survived a night of uh, hellish ghouls, but couldn't survive America, basically, in the morning. Couldn't survive America, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, and it, and I will say, I feel, I don't know if you feel the same way, Those that posse was not depicted in a flattering no, way. No, It was depicted not. as, like, this, these kind of i hate saying this but kind of these like backwoods mm-hmm. ga- they gather together militia they were like getting the kick out of the whole thing yeah they're enjoying it they're yeah. laughing they're drinking their beer they're walking yeah. through town not paying attention yeah right getting so. to kill basically indiscriminately yeah um yeah <laughs> no absolutely so that i mean that yeah. was a statement absolutely it was mm-hmm. um and uh, in an interview, I, I, I've basically seen every interview with him, you know. So at one point he said that the gravity of that decision 
to to make Dwayne Jones a lead, it it wasn't part of the process sure. because they were just thinking he's the best actor among our friends. So he's got to be the lead. So he'll play the lead <laughs> right. because this really was a grassroots yeah. um, movie. But then after after that happened, uh, after Martin Luther King happened, they were um, they were like, wow, okay, so uh, it got banned in some places and. Um, but that, I think, is one of the casting decisions that made the movie have that lasting appeal. And it's still, uh, the commentary is absolutely still relevant today. Oh, yeah. Uh, surrounding him. Um, and let's talk about all the shit he has to go through with those ugh. idiots in yes. that house. That poor man rolled up on the wrong farmhouse <laughs> because yeah. he goes in and he's like, okay, there are other people. I'm you know, I get to band together with folks. Maybe we can survive the night. Maybe we can actually, mm-hmm. and you know, in a typical situation, he might have been able to survive the night. However, you got fucking Barbara over here. Yeah, she just melts. Melts. And then Harry Cooper comes barreling out of the basement. And yeah. He's, he's the main antagonist and it's in like, the whole thing. And why is he so concerned with who's in charge? Quite frankly, in a zombie apocalypse, if someone wants to take the lead, go right ahead. <laughs> go right ahead. Well, that that leads me to one of the, well, two things that happened in the movie that that were, I guess, controversial um, is that when Barbara basically loses her shit. Oh, God. Um, Barbara. Then, I, I literally wrote down, <laughs> get it the fuck together, Barbara. Um, ben, who is the Dwayne Jones character, slaps her. So I am amazed at his self-restraint up until that point. I know, I know. But <laughs> my, f- I think my favorite line is Harry Cooper's blustery. We need to be in the cellar. It's the safest place. Blah blah mm-hmm, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, they just had this big fight, and he's like, uh, Ben's like, now get the hell back down in the cellar. You can be boss down there. I'm boss up here. Yeah. I mean, boom. Good. Please. <laughs> I love that so much. Also, really, let's think logically about that decision. Let me get to the part of the house where there is absolutely no escape mm-hmm. and barrel myself down here because if those... Mm-hmm. Barrel. Barricade. Barrel, yeah. <laughs> I'm barreling. <laughs> uh, have another drink. Yeah, which... have another, have another <laughs> zombie dust. Because then, if the zombies get down here, I have literally no escape. No escape. Also, not to mention my daughter who just got bit by one of these things is down there come on dude come on i know but the damnable thing is at the end is that's where that's where ben ends up surviving yeah i know it is isn't it i don't think there i don't think you should have to have a spoiler alert on something that was made in 1968 yeah if you haven't haven't seen seen night of living dead and you're listening to this podcast what yeah um there was a great featurette that i um I rewatched called Light in the Darkness, and it was the for, for the Criterion Collection remastered Night of the Living Dead. Um, Guillermo del Toro says that George went to the id of America, mm. and he says the result being that the actions driving the film are primal and instinctual, mistrust and power struggles not born out of people knowing each other, but of an American history ingrained in their DNA. Yeah, I mean, brilliant, brilliant. So, I mean, these are the reasons this movie, this movie is a classic. And so good. And we'll, yeah. And can I reveal to you the kill in that movie that is still, state haunts me? Yes. The little girl stabbing her mother with. The sound of the trowel. Oh, and the blood. Going in and out. And I believe they used Bosco for blood. Really? The, yeah, the chocolate syrup, Bosco. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, black and white, that, I mean, yeah. it, it hit hard. I was like, whoa. Yeah, but the sound, that sound. Yes, it was, and then they made that weird decision where, like, the scream starts echoing. and mm-hmm. But I kind of liked it because it took you, it, like, I don't know, it took you a little bit out. Yeah. But in a good way. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, what is happening? Yeah. yeah I, I always really feel like bad. That. Because Barbara really didn't deserve it. And then she no, got... No, I do feel bad. And she was in shock. But at the same time, I'm like, get off the fucking couch, Barbara. Yeah, and yeah. nail some wood up <laughs> on the windows. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I know. I know. But we're we're, we're looking at who th- her through our modern... We are. Modern women eyes. We are. I, well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess at the time, she was just a delicate flower. Just a delicate little oh, but flower. But that horrible guy's wife had it together and her yeah. daughter just got bit by yeah. a damn zombie yeah marilyn eastman i liked her yeah character. Oh, i love her i i like I, that's one thing when when i go to the living dead weekend uh in evan city and Mon- and monroeville you get to meet all these people who are affiliated with movie and they're all just such awesome people is that one you've met uh, marilyn sadly eastman? no oh. um i was i went i think it was last year maybe um, she was going to be there, but then I believe she may have gotten ill or something and couldn't end was up coming. Was that the one I was there with you? Yes, we went that's to go right. See, yeah. And she, she couldn't end up coming, but um, I'd love to tell her how how awesome I thought she was in that movie. Oh, that movie. She was great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Great, great, great. Yeah, I love that. That movie holds up. It's a cool movie. I've Absolutely. Seen, I've seen that one multiple times, and it was just, like, fun to watch again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so shall we move on? Well, that's, sh- I mean chronologically we have to go to dawn of the dead but that's your favorite so that's, i feel like yeah oh my god well, we should save it for last no but we're just gonna do it we're, okay we're okay. gonna honor the trill okay okay let's A do G. it trill <laughs> honor the trill somehow Andemic became a millennial oh lord uh, uh, love okay it. so 1978 10 years later uh dawn of the dead uh comes out and i think part of the 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 commentary here is soul deadening consumers. Oh, in your face, so loud and clear, <laughs> right? And awesome. Um, this is this is my favorite movie of all time. And when I first saw it, I didn't love it. Really? No, it was a slow burn for me. But Fair. so I just I watched it over and over. And his movies, because I'm from I'm from about an hour hour and a half from Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and. So the terrain, I understand. I know that terrain. Right. So it feels like I'm watching home. Yeah. Um, it's and very so recognizable. I just identify and I can put myself in there so easily. Yep. Um, so for me, that just, you know, that just drives, drives it home for me. Um, my favorite version, there are several versions. I have the whole box set is the extended version because it has some of the stuff that was cut out of the film release. I wonder if I've seen the extended version. I might have only seen the, the film release. Yeah. yeah, it just it adds some um some different scenes with some of the cops and uh s- little snippets here and there, but I love it. Um so in a nutshell, it's about four people who'll hole up in a shopping mall to ride out the zombie apocalypse. Right. Um that wasn't their original intent, but that's where they landed because basically they got hypnotized by the place. Mm-hmm. Um it had everything they would need and I mean, yes, that, really glance, think about it, had it everything they could barricade themselves in and have relative safely safety yeah um, food mm-hmm. you've got i mean yeah you have it's pretty good pretty good place <laughs> pretty good yeah um but as time drags on you can see 
how the luster wears off yeah. and um they're just basically in another prison yep you know yep. so um and then gosh uh a, a band of roving bikers oh god comes and people. they're fighting in an apocalypse over a mall over a mall <laughs> it's ours we over took it a over mall. a mall so yeah um i don't know quite what well, else that, to say about that but. that actually reminded me there's a moment in that fight <laughs> between <laughs> the bikers and the people that were there in the first place where i was just like are you really what the fuck <laughs> the guy uh what do they call him um not chopper Flyboy. Flyboy. they always yeah. call the helicopter guys Flyboy. Yeah. uh He's like hiding behind a bench mm-hmm. and these motorcyclists come in and like they have this whole plan where they're just going to wait and watch because yeah, I mean they just want the place they just want the place they want to grab a bunch of stuff loot it and leave yeah. okay whatever it's not like it's a whole mall and there's <laughs> you know ample amount of store for right. everyone he is pissed and I think he literally says that's ours yeah it's so ours that was, yeah like, do you understand you are in a zombie apocalypse? Mm-hmm. You are, uh, what, uh, Lacoste polo? <laughs> Why? Yeah. Let them have it. It doesn't matter. I you- suppose maybe it's the grasping on to something they know. Uh, that's that's one of the lines that I love. Um, Why do they come here? Memory, maybe. It was an important oh, yeah. place in their lives. So yeah. maybe, you know, they're holding on to it for the same reason. Same reasons. Yeah. Some semblance of what used to be, I yeah. guess. I will also say that Dawn of the Dead, uh, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, just assume, spoiler alert on all these movies. Oh, gosh, yes. Uh, I, the way they depict, like, the beginning sequence, mm-hmm. uh, the, I, don't, I, I think they're military, right? I think the they're, like, a special team. force yeah. SWAT team. The way they depict some of those guys on the SWAT team, woof. Yeah. Major wolf. There was like a super racist woolly. Oh, worst gone ape shit. Yeah, worst. Just opening up. They're trying to evacuate people from this apartment complex Mm -hmm. at first, and he just starts opening up doors and killing people because Mm -hmm. he's racist. Mm -hmm. And it's an apartment complex that's primarily African American. He starts kicking in doors and shooting people. Yeah. Um. And so one of the other SWAT guys kills him. Yeah. It's like absolutely not. This is not a. I was like, man, again, with the commentary mm-hmm. on the military or like those perceived as in power, mm-hmm. kind of like the at the first night of the living dead, there's some commentary there mm-hmm. about this roving band, militia, mm-hmm. cops. Here again is the Here commentary is. on yeah. the military. Yeah, and then right. when we talked to the dead, whoa, commentary yeah. on the military. But it, you can clearly see where Romero's going with mm-hmm. that one. And Absolutely. it's still relevant. It is. It's still relevant. <laughs> you know, these aren't just empty movies and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with an empty movie right oh but empty movies don't have this kind of longevity no um and you can still i I can still talk about all of this just endlessly yep you know and other movies that i've seen oh oh, that was a great movie and then i move on um but yeah so the best line from the whole uh movie uh when there's no more room in hell the dead will walk the earth i mean how freaking creepy is that very haunting line i love it It makes me smile i've been to that mall um they shot the movie at the monroeville mall 
Uh, I've been there several times. I make a pilgrimage pretty much every year. Do they do anything special? They do, yeah. Okay. The Living Dead Weekend in Monroeville, they do one at the mall. Oh, fun. Um, which meeting meeting all those guys yeah. in the mall is fun. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, so the, the Living Dead Museum used to be there, but then they moved out to Evans City. Um, but, I, I mean, I'll plug them endlessly because yeah. I, I want them to survive, and I love those those little cons, they're, they're festivals, I guess. They're fantastic. They are fun because <clears throat> they feel more personal. You get to mm-hmm. meet folks. And mm-hmm. the whole town kind of bands together, at least for Evans City, because I haven't been to the Monroeville Mall right. one, but I would love to. Oh, yeah, you're but going. the whole city, like, they band together. Every little shop had a sign in the window. Mm-hmm. Or remember we went and they had, like, the zombie decorations going yeah. down the sidewalk. Yeah. and. It's just everyone gets into it and mm-hmm. celebrates this lore and tradition of the of the town, and yeah. I love that. Yeah, uh, it's Living Dead fans that helped um, restore the chapel that's in the cemetery yeah. where the movie was shot, uh, where Night of the Living Dead was shot. So um, the fans are passionate and really care about you know the legacy of the whole thing. Um, yeah, which I love. Um, I love that so much. Um, Shoot, I was going to say something else about um, the mall, but that doesn't matter. It's just amazing. I, I I highly recommend this original trilogy anyway, but this movie for me is is it. I love it. I love that. <laughs> and it's good. It holds up too. I've seen yeah. this one a couple times. Yeah. It's funny because this one I saw for the first time in college. I took a, um, what was it called? I think it was like horror movies in their political contexts or something like very clear. And I was like, yep, sign me up. I'm ready to talk the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this was one of them. And I was like, yeah, clearly. I just remembered what I was going to say. Uh, Fran, the the female character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's three guys and then Fran. And um, she basically lays down the law and says, I am not going to play den mother to you guys. I, I want to know what's going on. I want to learn how to fly the chopper. And thank God for her that she learned how to fly that damn thing. I know, right? She had the foresight like this idiot over here screaming about what's mine. No. <laughs> good point. That's a very good point. Um, but Galen Ross, that's uh, who plays Fran, said too that she made a conscious decision not to have Fran scream. I love that. And just to be a little more stoic. Mm-hmm. You know, and she takes that gun and she's like, God damn and she's like yeah. shooting down there while they're trying to put the trucks in front she's so i mean she's badass from the opening mm-hmm. scene when she's like yeah i'm not reporting these uh yeah. safety locations that are in operational you're sending people to their death right i'm like good for you and she just like shuts down the whole show <laughs> she does. and everyone's pissed at her she's like no i'm not doing this yeah. love it love she's, it she is a badass Okay, so then that takes us to 1985. Oh my, this movie. Day of the Dead. Talk about badasses. Badasses. Uh, Sarah. And this is, so I have to admit, uh, this was my first go through with the Day of the Dead. I've seen the other two multiple times, but yeah. Day of the Dead, this is my first go through. And I have to say, I think it might be my favorite too. Yeah, okay. I might side with Romero on this all one. Right. I like them all, but I yeah, think this yeah. one might be my favorite. Um, what What spoke to you particularly? Um... Well, I, I love, uh, there's like this message of, do you want to do something quick and dirty and in a, like, and because you do it quick and dirty, it won't really be done correctly. 
Or do you want to do something that's going to take a long time, but it's done the right way? Mm-hmm. Not that I sided with the doctor at all, because he was a creepo. Yeah. Um, but he was training the zombies mm-hmm. in a kind of way, and you kind of build up this empathy for the zombie who he's Absolutely. training. Absolutely. More so in this movie than, than the others. And you kind of get it. That part of his experiments. Mm-hmm. None of the other parts, I will say. But like yeah. that part of his experiment, you kind of get, you're like, yeah, if they have some sort of rationale and you can connect with them in some sort of way, why wouldn't you capitalize on that? If, you know, they were human beings, mm-hmm. why not treat them with dignity and try and communicate with them and mm-hmm. try and build a relationship with them. That's how we're going to get out of this thing. And even though it's going to take a long time because you're going to have to do that with each and every one, right. it's still the way to go. Um, and I was kind of like, yeah. And you just see this battle between those two trains of thought. It's mm-hmm. like doing something the empathetic way or doing something this kind of blustery, uh, aggressive, kill, kill, kill kind yeah. of way. And... Um, I love the commentary that was kind of made there. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I like this one a lot, too. Uh, and I love Bill. I think his name is Bill the Zombie. Bub. Right? Bub. Bub the Zombie. I love him. I think Bub is in, entirely terrifying to look at. Oh, yeah. He's a really scary-looking zombie. He's a scary... Uh, the yeah, the makeup the, progressively he, got yeah, more it, terrifying. Yeah, it as totally it would, did. but... Yeah. Um, He's the iconic zombie from the movie, uh, the one who makes the most progress with Dr. Logan, mm-hmm. um, th- doing things that he remembered, like saluting when he saluted the uh, the military dudes yeah. when they came in. Um, and reading as Salem's Lot. Yeah. Well, kind of pawing at it. Yeah, but, pa- well, I mean, reading, still, I would say that. Dialing the phone. Yeah. So... And then he shows that semblance of emotion when he sees Dr. Logan dead. He's like mad and sad. Yeah. I'm like, see, you could have done this, but instead you idiots. Yeah, they they kind of uh, um, just got all trigger happy and just wanted to shut down the whole damn thing. I hear this is a comment for both Dawn and Day. When you have a rifle, (laughs) an automatic rifle, but you know that you are in an apocalypse mm-hmm. and that you have a limited amount of ammunition. Why just blindly <laughs> fire 50 rounds? Every Why? Every stinking movie does that, don't they? Yeah. Like, you don't have unlimited ammunition. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> just, just blasting. The, and when they just blast wildly at their chests and things, when you know it's the headshot that, has, yeah. that takes them out. Yeah. At least aim for the head. At least aim for the head. I the why this movie to me is the scariest is because it paints a picture of zero hope. Oh, I feel yeah. like it's done. Everything they're doing is in vain, and it the society has devolved into clusters of people hiding out. Yep. And the world is overrun by the undead. Yep. And no matter what they're doing in that bunker, it's not going to matter. matter. That's that's what I take from it. Even even when they you know make their escape, right? It still feels oh so what now so what? what you don't have any food you don't have anything. I so. do love because the two guys I forget their names the two characters that survive with Sarah at yeah. the end I love them. They just are on an island. Yeah, that, they're just having their island life. That was in uh, love that I think they filmed that in Sanibel Island. I love that. Yeah, they just yeah, but I mean, 
Who cares, right? I mean, yeah, they're on a deserted island now. And that's, <laughs> I, I, I think that would be fine now. <laughs> My God, you're right. Me too. So I'm all in. Uh, I do love the character, Sarah. She's a badass. <clears throat> that's played by Lori Cardell, who I met and is, I, I've met most of the, the people affiliated with this movie too. She is freaking awesome. She is just such a cool, genuine human. Um, <clears throat> but the character is smart. She's strong and she stands up to these assholes. Yep. She does not let them push her around. Nope. And I think that if it had gone on much longer, it was going to get really ugly for her down there. I think so too. The the military dudes down there. Yeah, were it was gross. getting more and more sinister. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this the script for this was originally much larger. Um, and it had a lot more action, but it was going to end up being something like $7 million to make. So mm. he had to make huge cuts to it and pare it down uh, to what what it became. Um, but several of the ideas from that script ended up in the next movie, uh, which is Land of the Dead. Uh, at least variations of things that happened in the script, um, like an overlord ruling under the ground, training the zombies to do their yeah. bidding and that kind of thing. Um, but I just should say one last thing about Day of the Dead. Um, the best line from that is choke on him when Joe Pilato's Captain Rhodes, um, finally gets what's coming to him. Yeah. But here's a little story about that. You, you know how you see him, uh, them rip his stomach apart and all the guts come out. Most satisfying fucking scene of all time. And he's yelling, choke on him. I mean, it was pretty awesome, but... They had this um, this bucket of entrails mm-hmm. in a, a, like a refrigerator or something. And I don't know if somebody shut off the power or the power went out, but those things were left oh, in gosh. there for a few days. Festering. And they used them anyway. <laughs> so when they, when they ripped them apart, all the smell came out. Oh. And he said, Joe Pilato said it was the most horrendous thing he'd ever yeah. So his his reactions were pretty real. Real. He was like, "This <laughs> is actually awful." Um, but Joe Pilato, he also he passed away a couple years ago, and I um, I was lucky enough to get to meet him, and he was just he loved the whole all of it. He yeah. loved um, he loved the movie. He loved meeting the fans. Uh, it was really it was really cool. He was a loud dude, mm-hmm. <laughs> but jovial. I mean, not at all like Rhodes, right? <laughs> I'm glad. <clears throat> she, uh, Lori Cardle, said that, that she became really close with Joe um, and that he was just super fun to talk to. And That's they had awesome. a really good time when they were making this movie. Awesome. Uh, she said even though it was really grueling, um, they filmed it in these gypsum mines mm. uh, somewhere near Pittsburgh. I, I believe they're near Pittsburgh. I, you're not allowed to go in there. I really want to go in there, though. <laughs> um, and so they would start shooting early in the morning, so they'd get they'd get in there when it was still dark out dark in the cave all day yeah and then leave when it's still dark so she said they didn't see sunlight for like three months oh god i mean how i bet i bet they got sick and she said you could always hear water dripping it was just damp down there all the time and i will also say this movie reminds me of how i just would rather i would just give myself up I would not go underground. You just let something eat you? Oh, I'd eat. No, uh, I might like <laughs> climb a tree and jump out. <laughs> I don't know. Fair I just like, 
<clears throat> oh, claustrophobia. Oh, I can't imagine being underground yeah, forever. Yeah, because you just end up being in, in another prison for what? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't see sunlight ever again. How yeah. great. Great. Yeah, delightful. And I just I just shudder to think what what the fate of women would become. Yeah, no, I Oh, can't. Lord. I yeah. need open, open planes. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be able to run. Okay, I can't. Meander the witch around. needs to be free. I need to be free. Can't be in an underground cavern. Oh, Lord. Me and caverns don't mind. Okay, so yeah. So um, the original script, some of that got made in 2005 when they did Land of the Dead. Gotcha. And that was the one that was made with a studio, like a, a Hollywood studio. And it's basically, you know, given the commentary that class distinction is still very much alive, mm-hmm. even when death is outside your door. Um, many... Uh, I already said that part. Um, there's a tyrant basically ruling over a crumbled, walled-off section of, of the city, and he lives in a luxury high-rise with all the rich people that could afford to live up in there. And everybody else is toiling away, trying to survive, trying right. to rebuild civilization in some way or, you know, live. Um, and meanwhile, you know, the, the zombies are, are at the gate, as usual. Um, but oh, it's, uh, Dennis Hopper's in this one, and... His line is, zombies, man, they creep me out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You think? Yeah. um, Me too. Originally, I think this one was called Dead Reckoning, but it it follows um, the lead is, um, his name is Simon Baker, who, oh, he's on the show The Mentalist? That guy. Oh, okay. I think I know. Yes. Um, But anyway, it shows them, the opening is them going out, um, trying to uh, go on a a run to find... um, supplies and things mm-hmm. that they need for the for basically the richies in the tower right um and you see you it opens with this just grim portrait of this small dark town where the zombies like there's some who were in a band like a like with a tuba and stuff and they're just like sitting in the gazebo <laughs> like and you just hear this of, yeah. of the tuba and uh the guy at uh, oh, uh, Big Daddy. Big Daddy is the name of the, the iconic zombie from this one. Somebody runs over the bell at the gas station and he comes out like to pump the gas. Yeah. Um, so they're just sort of stuck in that limbo of yeah. what they used to do. In their routines. In their routines. Um, I don't know. It's it's pretty grim. I really liked it. It, it wasn't my favorite, but I, I did really like it. Yeah. Um, same thing with uh, Diary of the Dead, which uh-huh. is 2007. That one basically is about um, citizen journalism. I I did really like it. It's a found footage. And oh, cool. it came out around that time when all the other found we're footage coming. Mm-hmm. Were, were coming out. Um, and I know, I know, they saturated the cinema. Um, you either love them or you hate them and they make you sick. But There's um, a reason everyone was doing it. It's because yeah. they, they were the new thing. And it was kind of cool to yeah. think oh yeah this could be real like you're, you're in that <laughs> setting right yeah no right and i think romero um i think he does it better than a lot of them do with that because there's so much more to it so much thoughtful commentary involved um in in his own words romero said there's so much information and it's absolutely uncontrolled half of it isn't even information it's entertainment or opinion and he wanted to do something that would get into this octopus he said <laughs> Love um, that. He said it was the darkest film he'd done since Night of the Living Dead. Mm. Um, 
you know, just this idea of when you're behind a camera or looking at a screen, you're desensitized yeah. to what's going on. Yeah. Um, so you can look at something as a subject, not as a human. Pretty crazy. Super crazy. Yeah. But I really liked that one. So if you haven't seen that one. I haven't. I haven't seen the last two you just talked about. Land and Diary. And then Survivor. I mean, uh, survival of the Dead, which survival. I didn't really talk much about. Um, it's, it's fine. It, for me, it's the one that's a little harder to love. I gotcha. Um, but uh, it's some military guys that um, make it to this island. And then there's kind of like a, there's a family feud going on on this island, like a Hatfoy, Hatfield-McCoy kind of feud going on on this island. And then, you know, what ensues from there. Um, and they're basically keeping the zombies alive because they think maybe they'll come back or, mm. you know, they're still their loved ones and things like that. So it's... Um, it's 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 good i say watch anything romero does honestly yeah um but that that that's the end of the the dead movies um but another one i just wanted to mention uh the crazies that one for me is it's a slow burn but well worth a watch they did Mm -hmm. a remake of that with uh timothy oliphant which i also love um creep show 1982 Mm -hmm. i mean come on it's creep show he did that one with Stephen King. Awesome. Um, so Night Riders is the one I wanted to mention specifically from 1981. That is one of my favorite movies, and that is my his movie that I think is the most underrated. Um, it follows a group of Renaissance Fair motorcycle jousters. Stop. Yeah. Um, as they weather threats from, you know, all sorts of outside threats like police and corporations, and then also infighting themselves. They're right. trying to weather themselves. Um, it starts... Ed, Ed Harris, the actor oh, Ed Harris, yeah. uh, stars in it as King Billy. Um, Tom Savini's in it. Uh, but if the one thing that struck me is I didn't watch much of Sons of Anarchy, but I remember seeing the scene when Jax, I think he's the blonde Charlie Hunnam guy, okay, uh, is running from cops or something, and he kills himself by he's on his motorcycle and he just holds his arms out uh, prostrate and just goes directly into a truck um you can thank night riders for that because that is what ed harris does and it is oh cool fantastic that's wonderful but anyway it's it's a great little movie um and it is i think it's definitely underrated and i think you should check it out yeah i should absolutely check that out because i love that concept yeah uh renaissance fair motorcycle jousters i'm into that yeah it's super cool super cool um there's also you know martin there's always vanilla monkey shines two evil eyes season of the witch um, so just, just get into his catalog. He, he's got something to say, you know, yeah. his movies have things to say, which, um, which make them, I don't know, resonate, I guess they, they hold up. They do hold up. They're um, super cool. the one last thing I wanted to mention is the George A. Romero foundation. And, um, I'll just, uh, their mission is, uh, they're dedicated to honoring the life work and cultural influence of George A. Romero and supporting a new generation of filmmakers and artists inspired by his legacy. So uh, they do a Romero Lives Film Festival. Um, They award something called the Pioneer Award um, because, you know, Romero was a pioneer. um, So they created this award to recognize the architects of independent film uh, and horror and those who pushed boundaries of storytelling and things like that. Um, The first one went to Billy Cardell. Uh, He's a Pittsburgh legend in radio and TV 
uh, in horror. Chili Billy was his name. They called him Chili Billy. Mm-hmm. And he had a um, he had a cameo in Night of the Living Dead. But Romero always credited him with paving the way for making making Night of the Living Dead possible. Yeah. So um, they do that. They're partnering with University of Pittsburgh to create the George A. Romero Horror Study Center. How bad do you want to go there? That awesome. <laughs> it's going to be ulti- uh, multidisciplinary, um, and it's dedicated solely to horror studies. I mean... I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. So they're doing a lot of, um, a lot of amazing things. Um, and in 2016, they worked with the Douglas Education Center in Monesson, Pennsylvania, to relaunch its filmmaking program. Um, and the foundation raises funds to help students who want to participate in that program. That's amazing. So I love it, the I love the Pennsylvania Pittsburgh kind of community that mm-hmm. surrounds Romero. Mm-hmm. I think that's so cool. And so you know, the Midwest isn't necessarily known for movies, but mm-hmm. Romero put us on the map. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I think that's amazing. Absolutely. So yeah, he um, Romero is king. <laughs> yeah, king king of the zombies. <laughs> king of the zombies. Um, I do yeah. want to mention one thing I found out about Romero that I thought was fun. Yeah. Kind of his Pittsburgh connection was he got his start on uh, Mr. Rogers. He did indeed. He did indeed. He filmed, what was it? The, the tonsillectomy. He said that was by far the scariest thing he it ever It was because he showed, I watched a clip and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is. Why. But again, it's just like that community yeah. that um, that Midwestern feel. Yeah, Midwestern well, and community. yeah, a lot of the people who worked with him um worked on mr rogers and at that studio yeah so um yeah and they did commercials they did uh image 10 and latent image not sure which one is which they might anyway they um they made commercials like beer commercials and things like that so um and yeah did he shoot i know he shot night of the living dead in pennsylvania and obviously dawn of the dead what was day of the dead Day of the Dead was filmed in Florida. Florida. Okay. Uh, was it was it Key West? I feel like that's right. Um, and then some of it was filmed on Sanibel Island. Got it. But the gypsum mind part was, yes, was near Pittsburgh. I love that. Yeah. I love that he kept those shooting locations yeah. um, close to home. I, I should amend my first comment i feel like there are a lot of awesome horror well not just horror just filmmakers in general that come out of the midwest Mm -hmm. but i feel like romero brought the movies to the midwest which i appreciate yeah kind of seeing your hometown yeah i think that's super cool yeah so thank you george romero thank you for everything and we will indeed stay scared we will stay scared (laughs) i love that we have time for what the hell we do let's let's do a what the hell go for it i've been talking oh, the whole time my goodness so i had to keep on zombie theme mm-hmm. and this actually came across my facebook feed also i found out this is actually a story from 2019 so it might be old hat at this point but it's the first time i saw it <laughs> uh have you heard of zombie snails <laughs> no okay <laughs> so a video pops up on my facebook feed of a zombie snail it is just it's just your ordinary old snail but it's like face and it's little eye things like it's uh eye stalks 
Ew, they have eye stalks. St- they're called eye stalks. Gross. That was the first time I heard of that too. There is like this thing inside of them that is multicolored rainbow that's gyrating. It's like pulsating in there. Pulsating. And I was like, what is going on? So I clicked further. Apparently, a parasitic worm. <laughs> parasitic worm got into. So the, 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 the snail is eating poop. And the worm is in the poop. <laughs> okay. And then it gets into the snail through that. And these worms are called, I'm going to butcher this, leucochloridium. I don't know if that's how you say that. Uh, but essentially it crawls into the, the snail from the poop. And then the baby <laughs> worms get up into the eye stalks and start pulse Like they're <laughs> having a rave. And they're multicolored. And they're trying to mimic a caterpillar to attract birds to come eat the snail so that they can crawl out of the snail into the bird's intestines and like spawn and then do they take over the bird i think they take over the bird and they come out and it's poop and the whole process starts again what the hell what in the actual hell it's so gross but you have to google zombie snail and watch it it is it's like one of those things (laughs) that is horrifying but you can't take your eyes off of it oh oh what the hell zombie snail what's it called again Uh, the leuca leuco leuco chloridium more like puco puco chloridium there you go (laughs) there's my what the hell well screw your what the hell because now i'm gonna think i'm gonna Zombies. Zombie snails. Okay, so mine is more scientific. Okay. Much more dignified than a zombie Zombie snail. snail. So I read about this substance called Vanta Black or Vanta Black. And it is this nanomaterial that is darker than any substance on Earth. Oh, God. And it was developed um, in the UK in 2015. Uh, So basically, it's, it's a collection of vertical carbon tubes that are grown on a substrate. I don't know what that means. Yeah, why do what the he- what the hell matter. to that? Doesn't what does that, that mean? mean? Here's here's the what the hell part. <laughs> it absorbs 99.98% of the light that hits its surface. This means that when the human eye is looking at it, technically it's seeing nothing. Um so you're looking at something but since you're it not. absorbs so much light, yeah, you're actually looking at nothing. And it makes it the closest thing to staring into a black hole. Well, okay. I have so many questions. I won't be able to answer one of them. Why? What? Why? How? When? For, for what purpose? Oh, I didn't dig into specifics. I just read that when you're looking at it, you're looking at nothing and my brain explodes. Yeah, that's fair. But I just didn't like, did they just do it for shits and giggles? <laughs> Because I feel like that's what they did. I mean, maybe. You know, if I was, I, okay, I am super smart. But if I was super <laughs> smart and I had the ability to do something like that, I'd do stuff for shits and giggles. Yeah. I'd create a black hole on Earth, but oh not God. really. That'd be amazing. Because that's what they just did. Yeah. But I can't wrap my head around looking at something, but you're actually looking at nothing. Nothing. Well, your eye perceives it as nothing, as but nothing. it is something. But it is. How did they know what they were working oh. on? <laughs> they couldn't see it. What the hell? What the hell? 
All right, that's my what the hell. Oh my gosh. Um, I should make a note. We are putting all of the sources and things that kind of contributed to our conversation up on our show notes on our website. Mm -hmm. So please, if you want to dive more into the what the hells, more into what we mentioned in the episode Mm -hmm. today, more into the Pazuzis, (laughs) um, we've got everything covered on our website. So please visit us there. Um, It's thehorrorsalon.com. Um, we would also love for you to follow us on our Instagram. We got some fun content going up there. It's at the horror salon. Um, and we also would love to hear from you. Uh, I don't know if you are a Romero fan or if you Mm -hmm. have any good Romero stories that we might not have covered here today, Mm -hmm. but I know Andemic would love always to sort through those so there there were too many to share so too many to share so please um email us with those at info at the um and then we hope that you've been enjoying the podcast if you have we would super appreciate you subscribing to us that helps us out a lot and Mm -hmm. share with a friend um that you think might enjoy uh some of our very witty banter (laughs) so good so good um but just so you know we super appreciate you and appreciate you thank you listening in and sharing in this love with us we hope you've been having a good time we surely have and we hope to keep doing this for a very long We're time. We're building our empire. Building our empire. So um, thank you so much. Um, Before you go, I just have yeah. to say that I'm almost at the end of the zombie dust. Oh, the zombie and dust. And now it just kind of tastes like burning. It is a little burning. I mean, I feel like all IPAs are like a little burning. Burning, c- yeah. burning citrus? Is that Yeah, a thing? there's a citrusy element to it for sure. Burning citrus. I really like that. Burning citrus. That's a good band name. Something Is that a band? <laughs> burning Email citrus. Us. If it's not, it should be yours. Yes. Burning citrus. There you go. And now, the candle is out. The cans are empty. I'm your co-host, The Witch. And I'm Andemic. We'll see you next time at the Horror Salon, curating the strange and unusual Till Dawn Do Us Part. It's The Witch and Andemic. Music for this episode is Rage by the 126ers. Check out our website for show notes and links to some cool extras. Later, nerds.